Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 14. We're going to do the readings uh, for the Saturday after Ash Wednesday. All right, you could say it's the first Saturday. We just went through the first Wednesday, which is Ash Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and now Saturday. All right, so this is going to be episode 14. So let's begin with an act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. All right, so um, a lot of interesting events have been happening lately. Um, um, tragic events. We've had. Uh, Earthquake that happened in Syria and Turkey. Um, they've had uh, several aftershocks. And uh, we, we should pray for them. Pray for those people. Uh, for the for the loss of life. Uh, for um, families that have been lost or uh, broken up. Um, children orphaned, uh, the elderly. All right, so let's say a Hail Mary for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And we should say a prayer for the people of Ohio. Uh, that chemical uh, train wreck um, lots of the chemicals are, uh, could be cause cancers and, uh, it's a lot of it got mixed in the water and, uh, a lot of, uh, people, some people are very sick, um, might even be deadly, uh, could cause death because some of the people are cause are coughing up blood and they're, um, people feeling sick, and dizzy. And uh, there was a lot of loss of, of livestock. Uh, so we need to say a prayer for them. Plus also because they've been neglected um, by our present uh, government and, and uh, administration. So we need to say a prayer for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Also, um, 
is a lot of confusion, a lot of um, confusion in the church. There's a lot of hostility um, between the leadership and um, and a lot of unnecessary um, hostility and persecution towards the Latin mass crowd. I'm, I myself, uh, I've been doing a lot of like reading about the Latin mass and I think they should have the traditional Latin mass. But I also don't like um, the hostility between, because there's no, there's no need for the division within the church. There's no need. I think, I think the Nobis Ordo sacrifice is legit. I just think that the problem has been that it has not been uh, properly implemented. I think a lot of liberals have taken over and have abused it. It can be easily abused. It can be easily, um, unfortunately, and I think that's a lot to do with the leadership. And I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of division between our brothers and sisters, our family. And this is the fault of the leadership. Okay, so we need to pray for unity between our brothers and sisters, between the in the Catholic Church. All right, unity between the leadership, wisdom, between the guidance of God, the Holy Spirit, and that Christ himself would unite and heal the wounds and get rid of heresy, get rid of division among us Catholics. So let's pray a Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. We should also pray for um, Archbishop Connolly, he, uh, an archbishop in L.A. who was murdered, shot on the street. I don't. We don't know what the causes are. Or hopefully, God willing, it's not scandal of any kind. So... Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Okay, so let's uh, begin the reading. Okay, so let's begin. Isaiah uh, 58 from 9b to 14. If you bestow your bread on the hungry, then light shall rise for you in darkness. A reading from the book of the holy prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, if you remove from your midst oppression, false accusations, and malicious speech if if you bestow your your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted then light shall rise for you in the darkness and the gloom shall become for you like midday
then the Lord will guide you always and give you plenty, even on the parched land. He will renew your strength, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. The ancient ruins shall be rebuilt for your sake, and the foundations from ages past you shall rise up. Repair, re repairer of the breach, they shall call you, restorer of ruined homesteads. If you hold back your foot on the Sabbath from following your own pursuits on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it, by not following your ways, seeking your own interests, or speaking with malice, then you shall delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will nourish you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So, in the first reading, Isaiah, it continues, uh, Isaiah 58, chapter 58, it continues from Friday's reading. If we remember in Friday's reading, um, God is hitting away um, at the people through Isaiah. He, you know, he's sort of like punching at their... Um, their shallow religious practice, you know, about uh, that their fasting, their mortification is without substance, is empty, empty word, empty, empty fasting, empty um, void of, of the love of God and the love of neighbor that uh, their own interests is ahead, is, is really in charge. Their own lust, their greed, their passions. Um, there's no, there's no thought of God. There's no presence of God in their life. There's no love of God and there's no love of neighbor. His words are not in them. Everything is what they want to do. Remember, we, um, your fasting ends in quarreling and fighting, striking with wicked claw. You know, the first part here, they say, why do we fast and you do not see it? Afflicted, afflict ourselves and you take no note of it. And the Lord says, your fast day, on your fast day, you carry out your own pursuits and drive all your laborers. Yes, your fast ends in quarreling and fighting, striking with wicked claw. Would that today you might fast so as to make your voice heard on high. Is this the manner of fasting I wish? This is from my, the first, the reading from Friday. I wish uh, of keeping a day of penance that that a man bow his head like a reed and lie in sackcloth and ashes. 
In other words, um, he's saying that some people are just, like I said, uh, he's asking a question. Do I want you just sitting down with like, you know, your head down and you're covered in dirt and you got a dirty cloth on you, sath cloth, a sign of penance, a mourning. But the fact is a lot of it is just, is just for show. Which remember what Jesus, you know, what it says in the Gospels that the Pharisees make a show of their fasting. They even make a show of their prayer to show off to others. And and the truth is, it's just an act. And meanwhile, after you're done performing, you go do what you want to do. It's all for power. It's all just for show. It's just for them to manipulate people. And it's not real. So it continues. Um, you know, they're not they're not taking care of the poor. They're not making sure other people because when you look put it this way, words are cheap. Actions speak louder than words. I've heard a friend of mine tell me this over and over again. And yeah, you you want to get close to God. We all do, but you can't just do it by locking yourself in, in, you know, and just praying. A lot of it has a lot to do because you want to show your love for God. You also have to show your love for your neighbor because your neighbor is made in the image and likeness of God. You, you know, you want other people to take the faith seriously. Well, sometimes some people need someone to show them. So if someone needs help, maybe someone needs some food. Maybe someone needs company. Maybe someone needs somebody to pray with them. Someone, you know, maybe someone just wants somebody to sit down with them. You know, maybe there's an old guy that or, you know, that might enjoy someone to play checkers or chess with him. Or listen to him. You know, or maybe someone needs help. You know, maybe you can buy them groceries, go and uh, bring their groceries. They can't carry the groceries. They can't afford to pay the delivery person. You know, maybe they need some a light bulb change in their apartment. Or maybe someone to help um, take their, their, their laundry and bring back their laundry. Little tiny things that can give hope to the person that they're not abandoned. And they're not and and, and that they're they that the church that they go to, the person is you know, that they're it's not just all you know, like they're cold. Because some in some parishes people don't even know each other. We don't live we don't really live in a community parish. You know, a lot of times, just because we have all these cultural stuff, you know, you may have the uh, one group has their own, like the Polish or the Chinese or the Italians or the Spanish. Doesn't mean we know each other. It doesn't mean we know each other. It doesn't mean we know each other at all. All this is just cultural stuff. But in the end, everybody sticks to their own group. So nobody really knows each other. It's sad. But 
a lot of times people should pray together. It shouldn't be just a cultural thing. It shouldn't be just a language thing. It's, you know, and then it could end up all just for show. It could end up very, very empty. And here in the second one, and in, in the reading continuing from Isaiah, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, the light shall rise for you in the darkness and the gloom shall become for you like midday. Then the Lord will guide you always and give you plenty even on the parched land. So I think in many ways it could be, when, how, you, how do we understand this part here? The light of God will, will make sense. You'll be fulfilling the law of God by acting out on it. The light shall rise for you in the darkness. In other words, it won't look so gloomy. It won't look so hopeless. You know, this comes right after the fact, if you bestow your bread on the afflict, on, on, and satisfy the afflicted, if you, and it could be not just bread, not just physical bread, although that's important, but spiritual bread, spiritual bread, showing the person who's hungry, all right? Because remember, it's not just physical hunger. Physical hunger will satisfy you, but for a short time, because eventually the person's going to be hungry again, right? But... You, 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 you fulfill God's word by also the hunger for companionship, for friendship, but also for the word of God. And Christ said, if two or three are together, I am there among them. Among them. I am with them. And I think that's important. That is very very important because the word of God is also so, uh, you know, it, yes, it's meant to be sociable, but don't make, but don't just make it into, let's say activism. You know how activists love. I've always noticed about activists. They get, you know, they get energized. They get turned on by social justice, but they're void empty of the word of God, empty of prayer. Okay? You satisfy hunger through friendship, through sharing the word of God, and prayer. Prayer. And you you satisfy them with friendship because loneliness can be a very dangerous thing for a lot of people. Not everybody is the same. A lot of people need to have friends. A lot of people need companionship. It helps them get through the day. It helps them get through the week. But also, when you, you, you strengthen them through the word of God. You, strength, you strengthen them by prayer. Teaching them how to pray and praying with them and for them. 
that's satisfying the hunger. You know, the light shall rise for you in the dark in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. The the depression, the sense of hopelessness. Then the Lord will guide you always and give you plenty, even on parched land. The, those dry spells, those dry days, those days when it feels hopeless, suddenly it doesn't feel, you know, it, 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 it's bearable. You can walk through it. You can get through it. Because he will renew your strength, you see, and you shall be like a watered garden like spring whose water never fails. You can't just sit there and read your Bible. I know a lot of us would love to do that because we don't want to deal with those people. We don't want to deal with people's quirks. I mean, I I know someone at my job and I realize he can't help himself. This is just the way he is. He He's a nervous wreck. He's always second guessing himself. He's always, you know, constantly looking to um, just you know, to 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 get other people's opinion. He just, you know, he, you know, it, 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 it amazes. I mean, you know, you think a grown man like that should be able to deal with these problems, but he can't. This is just the way he is, and unfortunately, you got to learn to to um, work with it, as they say. You know, that's just the way some people are. Some people um, can't, you know, are always second-guessing themselves, are always a nervous wreck. But you got to learn to work with it because you got to be charitable. And if you say the wrong thing, you could hurt that person very badly. And it'll be on you. But you got to learn... You know, even though sometimes you may say something, you may tell the person the same thing over and over again, it just goes right over their head. I don't know how, you know, how to deal with it, but you got to learn to be charitable. So you should be like a watered garden, like a spring that, ne- that whose water never fails. The spirit of God, help, no, the word of God helps you. You can be a spring of water, a source of water for another person and you could help them. And the garden basically is like the word of God flowering in us. It's like the, the, the gospel is a flower. It's the garden of Eden. You may not see the garden of Eden, but the fact is the gospel makes the Garden of Eden alive in us. The joy. Christ is the joy. He's the source. He's the living water. He's the bread of life. And he renews people's souls. He said so himself, I am the fountain of living water. Through me, living water. Living water that is true. Not just, not tap water, but just like you see a river of fresh water flowing through, there's like a, a joy and energy when you look at it, right? You see how the water flows down and, and, and how it gives life. And you see 
like you know, like the Nile. The Egyptians are very happy when the water comes and it rises, and it's able to spread to people's farms. Um, you see, like Niagara Falls, and you see, like, uh, you know, a beautiful waterfall of fresh water. Everything is green. You see birds. You hear crickets. Heck, you may even see a, a deer on the other side, uh, and a family of bears, just enjoying it, right? And you see how birds are, are drinking the water, and you see ducks. You know, it's beautiful. It's a perfect, you know, environment. And then you look across, and you see the the Lord standing there, smiling at you, waving at you. And it's a perfect moment. And you share it with other people. That's a, a contemplative moment, a moment of joy where you use your imagination. And it's and the imagination is a tool and a gift from God. You go on. Okay. Like a spring whose water never fails. Okay, we went there. The ancient ruins shall be rebuilt for your sake. And the foundations from ages past, you shall rise up. And from Okay, the ancient ruins shall be rebuilt for your sake. And the foundations from ages past, you shall rise up. Repairer of the breach, they shall call you. Restorer of ruined homesteads. What does that mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I guess the best way I can understand it is that we we're not we're not a new generation of Christians. Whether we're having what do you call it, like a revival, like what's happened in Kentucky, which is beautiful, or a revival that's happening in in South America. Or a revival that's happening upstate New York, or a Eucharistic adoration here, or a rosary uh, prayer rally here, or um, you know, uh, you know what's happening in Africa. We're not new. We're, we're not, you know, we we didn't just build it. We're building on the foundations of the apostles. We're building on the foundation of Israel. Our faith is a continuous faith. You know, at times it feels like the gospel has been pushed back by all this unbelief, by all this horrible evil, by this sexual immorality that's taken over our culture. It looks bad. You know, remember like Elijah, after he had that, that fantastic thing with the, the battle with the priests of Baal and... Um, Jezebel and and it looked like he was it looked like the people of Israel were were alive now in their faith after the, the lightning came down and took down the sacrifice and the priests of Baal were murdered and then Jezebel sends a message to him you're a dead man and he gets scared and he runs and he thinks he's the only true person who believes in all of Israel which was kind of like a little bit cocky 
a little bit arrogant when you think about it. How can you be the only one? You just, I mean, how can it be? And God tells him, no, there are others. You're just one story. You're just one story. There are others out there who are searching for the truth. Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. Doesn't mean there are families where a father and a mother are trying to keep their children in faith and they don't fall away to Baal worship, to sexual immorality, to human sacrifice. Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. It doesn't mean they're not praying. He was just with the home with that lady from Zarephath, the Elijah, the one who he went to, and 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 her bread didn't, her her flour didn't run out, her oil didn't run out, and her and her son survived. And they weren't even Jews; they were Gentiles. Even Gentiles are searching for the truth, or have a need for God. And there are other prophets out there. Every single Christian, every single Catholic Christian and Orthodox Christian and Protestant Christian were all prophets. We, we share the word of God. We share prayer. We share, you know, Catholics, we have the rosary. We have other, we have Eucharistic adoration. We have the Eucharist, uh, Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox, they all have the same thing. And Protestants, they have their own way. They don't share the devotions, but eventually the wound will be healed. The split will be gone and will be a new, a new foundation. We'll be building up the foundation of the old, restoring it, not new, but restoring the faith, fixing the wall, you know, Built, you know, fixing the homes of the past, and all of us will pray, will pray, and will we will eat on the same table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jesus and the apostles, with Mother Mary, and it will be a new, and you know, the fortress will be rebuilt, and and more will come. Because God wants his house filled, right? Then, um, let me see here. Hold on. If you hold back your foot on the Sabbath from following your own pursuits on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by not following your ways. I think it's pretty clear. All right. Your foot, meaning your own passions, your own lusts, your own greedy ambitions. If you just stick to the gospel, if you stick to my word, if you stay with, you know, keep my, keep my day holy. If you, you know, you know, just put a day for me. 
and you know, and stop following after the world. Right? Following your own pursuits on my holy day and call the Sabbath holy. Meaning stop, empty your mind, your heart of the world. Empty your mind and your heart of the filth. And just stick to with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Okay? And call the and, and the Lord's day, the Lord's holy day honorable. If you honor it by not following your ways and the ways of the world. And seeking your own interests. Notice it keeps hitting away at the individual. Your own interests. Or uh, or speaking with malice. You see? Evil. Then you shall delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will nourish you with, with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Very simple, right? That's the whole point here. Is not to put our own interests, but to put him first. To put him first. Psalm 86. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Incline your ear, O Lord, answer me. For I am afflicted and poor. Keep my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the sound of my pleading. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Okay, so let's move on to the next. Okay. The verse before the gospel from um, Ezekiel, chapter 33, verse 11. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked man, says the Lord, but rather in his conversion that he may live. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked man, says the Lord, but rather in his conversion that he may live. Okay. Luke, the gospel is from, um, the reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 5, verse 27 to 32. I have not come to call the right, call righteous the righteous, but, uh, but sinners to repentance. 
Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were at table with them. The Pharisees and the scribes complained to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Okay, one more time. Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and and others were at table with them. But the Pharisees and the scribes complained to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So now when we get to Luke's gospel, we were introduced to Levi, who is Matthew, by the way. Uh, it's not unusual back then in those days uh, to have two different names. Um, but he is Matthew, Levi, son of Alphaeus. And he's a tax collector. And suddenly Jesus walks over, calls him. He abandons his post. Now we know that there's more to the encounter than that, that there has to have been uh, some other uh, encounters where he heard Jesus preach, where he heard Jesus perform miracles. But at that moment, think about it. He just got up and abandoned his post. What was going through his head? what was going through him, what was happening inside of him, that suddenly would give, would get, just give him this, this spark to give up a good living. He was working for the Romans. He was living better than anybody. I mean, he was, yeah, he was extorting money from, from his people, putting, uh, like penalties on them. He, he can put as much penalties as he wants and he can take some for himself, right? Which is basically he's draining the person dry. Late fees. Say you couldn't pay half your, uh, you could only pay a little amount like last time, right? Let's say you had $50 um, dollars worth of taxes and all you had was 25, all you can pay is 25 or 15. Well, the rest, next time, he can put an extra 15 on there. So you're you're really behind. You know, whatever you make, you know, you're going to eat less and you're going to be working longer hours trying to make that money. And 
maybe, you know, you, you got to figure out how to do it. And the Romans keep track of, uh, you know, days you're working so they can tax it. You know, so you're going to be struggling. You're going to be working, working your butt off to catch up on that payment. You know, and it's hard because it's not just happening to you. It's happening to everybody. Levi is doing this to everybody. Matthew, is, Matthew Levi, uh, son of Alphaeus, is doing this to everybody. So that's why people hated him. So suddenly Jesus comes along. Well, I mean, he just did walk over to the person. It wasn't the first time he ever saw Jesus. No, there's more to it. He had to have heard him preach. He must have been hearing him preaching for a while. He must have seen the miracles. It's making him question, question himself, question, you know, has he got it all wrong? Did he understand you know, did he misunderstand his faith? Could it be that the that he was wrong about everything, about God, about life? And all of a sudden, he gets up, Jesus comes by, follow me, gets up and leaves. Now, later on, we're, we're in Levi's house and he's he's hosting a dinner for Jesus and his disciples and his, his fellow tax collectors and some other sinful people. Uh, people he socialized with were there. So it's a farewell party, you could say, to his old life. And him coming back to his faith, coming back to Judaism, following the Messiah. It's a farewell party. And the Pharisees come and they question, why is it that you, your master sits and eats with tax collectors and sinners? Why does he eat with them while we suffer? Well, Jesus gives an answer. It's not the healthy that need that need a physician. It's the sick. And Matthew's conversion is a source of grace to his um, to his friends. Jesus. And he came into his life and they're at the table eating with Matthew and the 12 apostles and anybody else. And he's sharing his joy, his, his joy with them. They too are going to be converted. They too, some of them will be uh, impressed at Matthew's change of life. So you see, just like we said in the, uh, in the previous reading, you know, in Isaiah 58, is happening. And it's a joy. So, in the, you know, in the last reading, the disciples of John asked the question, why do we fast, but you and your disciples do not fast? And Jesus mentioned, can, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? Right? Can they mourn? And, he's, and there's no point to it because if you remember, if you ever seen the episode in The Chosen, when they asked that question, 
Jesus said, well, what were you fasting for before I came? Is it for your coming? And then one of them said, so what's the point now that you're here? Exactly. And now that he is here, he's a source of grace, not just to Matthew Levi, but to everyone. Everyone who wants to be a follower of Christ must, you know, must leave behind their old life, their old way of living. The gospel cannot fit into a life that doesn't want to change. That's why when Jesus used the word new wine for new wineskins, if you put wine in old wineskins, it will simply burst and fall apart. Because your life that doesn't want to conform will clash with the gospel. This is why all this stuff about conforming to or welcoming people who don't want to convert is never going to work. People will wind up hating the gospel. A lot of times it seems like you wonder who's the one who got the problem more. Is it really the person who is living a sinful life? And then you have ministers and priests who desperately want to conform the gospel to the world and think the gospel can evolve and change. And you wonder who's the one with the worst problem. Is it them? These ministers. It's strange. You know, I saw a video with Father Chad Ripiker and he was talking about how, you know, you see these, these, um, these priests and these um, activists, nuns and priests and people like Father James Martin and others who complain about uh, what's happening. I mean, who, you know, who want the gospel to, they want people to come to the table. They want uh, gay marriages. They want uh, transgender people. They want rainbow flags in the, in the sanctuary. You wonder who's the one with the real problem here. And you realize it's them. Father Chad Ripiker said, they're still living in the revolutionary stage of the 60s. And yet, not too long after, we just came out of World War II, where millions of people died. Not too long after, we just saw the, the, the problems with, um, with um, you know, paganism and everything else. And, and we, we just went through Hitler, Stalin, Mountain, we just went through Korea. And in the 60s, we're just about to go through, we're about to go enter Vietnam. And these people think the revolution is here. And yet, it's not much different. Now look, we got a lot of problems. And Vatican II was a response because the world was radically changing. But it's, it's because people can't accept reality. They can't accept the human beings cannot change only god can change them they can't change on their own only god can make this change only god can fix this problem only only christ and you have to let him in your life and you have to address if you really want to convert then you have to choose life or death salvation or 
be cast out into the utter darkness. You have to. Remember the parable of the must of the seed, some seed falling on dry ground, some seed falling on rocky ground, some seed thorn fall, falling into thorns. Each of them represents the world. And, you know, the first one, the birds come down, the ravens come down, steal the word, and they fly away. Then you got the other one where it's just, uh, you know, falling on rocks. And because they didn't have deep, deep roots, they withered and died. Then the ones that um, fall into thorns, they get choked. You know, and, you know, the point is that it all represents different stages. None of them are ready to receive the gospel because all of them have too much of the world in them and too much of their own passions and lusts. And they can't give it. They want the gospel to conform to them. They don't want to conform to the gospel, which is why it's doomed to die. It's doomed to fall apart. And soon the gospel will, will remain triumphant. The gospel will prevail. And there will be a new age. Christ is true. Christ is real. There's a podcast you might want to consider listening to. So it's not a pitch for it, but it is at the same time because I liked it. It's called The Exorcist Files. And not too, not too long ago, recently, the priest told about an exorcism. And the priest asked this question. He, uh, he demands the demon to answer him under the authority of Christ. What was your former position before you became a demon? What was your position in heaven? What rank did you hold? Of course, all angels serve God, but this one, this one couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't avoid the question. He had to answer it. He was one of the choirs of angels that rebelled, and he would have been one of the angels that gave the Gloria, glory to God on the highest and peace on earth to men of goodwill to Jesus Christ. The incarnation. He could have been the one that was singing to the shepherds in the Gospel of Luke. And, and it was unbelievable. And the demon cried and wept in pain at the memory of it. The same thing, there was another demon who, in a sense, could not uh, give up fighting. Uh, it was, you know, it was unbelievable. He went after a saint. One of them was named St. Thomas. And when the priest demanded what happened, it turns out it was not Thomas Aquinas, not Thomas the Apostle, but Thomas Beckett. Not Tom, Thomas More, it was Thomas Beckett, a bishop. The demon, the, when King Henry said, who will get rid of, who will rid me of this nuisance called Thomas Beckett. All his his men, his knights, went after and the demon pushed them. And their murder and assassination, uh, the murder and assassination, I mean the killing of Thomas Beckett, murdered in the cathedral, was the demon's doom. Because that's when he entered his glory. That's when he entered the glory of Christ and the martyrdom. And he received his crown of glory. So you see, they have nemesis. And do we want to end up like the angels where we could have forfeited our salvation because we so desperately love the world that we don't want to admit it and we don't admit that we don't love Christ enough? 
think about the fact that even if we die for our faith, we enter glory. This proves the Catholic faith is true. No matter if we don't, even if we don't die in glory, but we still give glory to God by our life, by our faithfulness to Christ. And we still give, we give glory to God by sharing the gospel with others. And, we, and even if we have, don't have people to share with, we give glory to God by giving glory to God. Simple as that. All right, let's end it here. All right, let's say, and our Father, a glory be, and a Hail Mary. Well, actually, our Father, Hail Mary, and a glory be. And maybe one, oh my Jesus. All right, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now the hour of our death, amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God bless.